Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good to see you tonight. It's good to be here. Thanks for the claps. I don't know who clapped, but someone likes me. Hey, it's a new series. We're the church. Can you try that one on for me? Can you say that with me like you mean it? Like, we're the church. We're the church. This morning, I, had a, I was at the West Shore preaching this message, and I had a guy named Tim Carr. He's a former police officer. And I was like, say it like you mean it. He stands up. He's like, we're the church. I'm like, you got to come with me tonight to church. Come on, let's try it again. Ready? We're the church. So good. So good. Um, Listen, this whole series is just about reminding us of who we are. And uh, we are the people of God. This is God's idea. What we're participating in tonight, this is God's idea. Um, Before I get into my message, though, I just want to share a little bit about what's going on with our Sunday night community. Uh, This is an important place. Uh, Coastline Nights is awesome. It's rich. I want to tell you just a little bit of a story because you may not know this, but um, we moved our young adults movement to Sunday nights in 2010. 2010. How old were you in 2010? Shout it back at me. Nine, eight. You were born. The reason why I know it's 2010 is because what, what year were you born in? Oh, then it was 2009. I, I, know, I know things by the age of my children. So Eden, you were born in August. And in September, we started Sunday nights in here, which was called Adore. And it was crazy because we were, um, we were doing young adults in that room, actually. It used to be gross and sweaty and black. Does anybody remember that back in the... Yeah. And, um, and then, and then we, we moved into here. And when we moved into here, it was like everybody just showed up. And, and it was amazing. We put up like, we were so funny. We put up black cloth all under the balcony, which is such a fire hazard. <laughs> like just sheets of black cloth connected to the balcony. And so we were trying to pull everybody close. And then that night we had to move it all because everybody showed up. It was like an incredible thing. And since that time, on Sunday nights, this has been a place for young adults since 2010. And I want you to know that this space to me is sacred. It's sacred and it belongs to those who are young and young at heart. Because God is forming, still forming a young adult community. Did you know that? You are so valued and so important. We're going to hold the space for you. As you uh, grow, as you mature, as you develop, as you find friendship, as you find um, your future, as you go through school, as you start your work career, we want to be here with you. Uh, Some of you will start your families. We want to be here with you. Um, And so we're committed to you. But I want you to know that um, we lost someone very dear to us when Pastor Lucas and Trina had to go. And I'm just not the kind of person who says, oh, we lost a person, just bring in Lucas 
Um, because I think it's important for us to reflect on who God gave us, on what they meant to us, and on what the future might look like. Because just because we had a Lucas doesn't mean that we're going to get another Lucas. And in fact, it's more important for us to know what God is doing than what God has done. We're thankful for what God has done all the way back to 2010. And, 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 and 20, 2009, sorry, 2009, thank you. She's correcting me from the front row. This is like mini me. This is like Lisa 2.0 right there. That's what that is. Um, and, and since then, God has been working here. And I want you to know there's been a number of people who have been involved in the leadership of it since then. And this is the next iteration. This is the next thing that God is doing. And I just want you to know that as I go through the message tonight, I want you to see yourself in it because this isn't somebody else's church. This is your church. This isn't somebody else's window. This is your window. This place is for you. This space is for you and for your friends that are yet to get here. So you might be saying, okay, well, but what's going to happen to us then? If we're not looking for Lucas 2.0, what's going to happen? Well, I want you to know that at this great church, we have layers of amazing leaders. And those, le those leaders are rising up and they're rising up in new ways. And they're rising up what's happening behind me. Oh, we're good. We just lost our signal. No problem. We will find it. It is somewhere and we will retrieve it. Don't you worry about it. Okay? And I won't worry about it either. But Darian, you can worry about it. Let's give it up for Darian. Come on. That's the man right there. He knows what's up. He knows what's going on. Thank you, Darian, for helping us. Okay, where was I? So what's happening here? Layers of great leaders. And so what does that mean for us? It means that God's making space as Lucas and Trina head off to Saskatoon. God bless them in their, in their first Sunday there this week. I can't wait to talk to them and see how it went. But um, God has given us space now to elevate leaders. And so I'm excited to tell you that we're going to just kind of create a, a place uh, where you can continue to land and where leaders can continue to develop. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bring up some of our leaders and they're going to form a team and they're going to serve this ministry. And that's going to be sort of our transitional plan. And we're going to see what we need moving into the future. So we're not going to rush it. We're just going to have leaders that are going to step in. So I've had conversations with great leaders. Um, you saw one of them on the stage tonight. I just want you to know that Pastor Bren is going to be taking a lead role at Young Adults on Sunday night. So that's pretty exciting. And um, you already saw Pastor Bren, but can you stand up and give us a, a wave, a royal wave? Okay, thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's good. And, and the cool thing is, is he's not alone. We said, man, we need a team approach to what we're doing on Sunday nights because we want to care for young adults. We want to help them find their way. And so we're taking a team approach. So uh, many of you know uh, Kate, and Kate is right here on the front row. Hey, Kate. Kate's going to be running all the first impressions for Sunday night, making sure that you have a place to serve and that you're looked after when you arrive. And, um, and then we've got, we've got Cindy. Cindy right here. Cindy, come on, stand up. Give us a wave. You guys have heard Cindy. Um, Cindy's going to be leading alongside with Bren, and so you're going to hear her preaching. You're going to hear her hosting. Um, and she's a firecracker, and I'm excited about that. And Cindy, God brought her to us, and I told her she's never allowed to leave. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. 
So you heard it here first, okay? So uh, Cindy brings strong ministry gifts and also an incredible ability to organize and love you well. So I'm really excited for Cindy to be on the team, for Kate to be on the team. We've also got the Wilds on the team. Come on, somebody. You guys stand up and give us a wave. Give us a wave. So this is Josh and Jessica. Yeah. And, and Jessica is going to give her attention to next steps on Sunday nights. And so she's going to be able to help you find a small group to get connected, uh, to find your way through discipleship. And, she, and, and I want you to know this team is here because they want to love you. They want to care for you. They want to hear what's going on in your life, what you need. They're here to pray for you, to, to grab a coffee, to spend some time with you, to love you because you're important and valuable to us. And so, so Jessica is going to be taking that role. So she's She's ready to help you get involved. And then Josh. Josh is going to sing. And he's going to play guitar. Guys, at the same time. No way. No, actually, I'm just so thankful that um, from, from West Shore, um, Josh has been serving there. We've made some changes in the West Shore as well. And so it frees Josh up to come here and give um, some more leadership to Sunday nights, which I think is going to be really great. He's looking to meet you if you want to on-ramp into uh, serving on worship or tech or whatever. Um, there's going to be some time and space for that now for him to help. And so we're really, really thankful. So I want you to see, guys, you're in good hands. It's a strong team. And um, alongside of that, we're going back to our preaching model that we had in previous seasons, where you actually see me on rotation a little bit more. I'll be here to preach a bit more. And, um, and then you're going to hear from Bren, you're going to hear from Cindy, you're going to hear from Lisa, Pastor Lisa, and, and you'll hear from others in a rotation. And so here's the thing that's really important for you to know. I said this to West Shore this morning. It's really important for you to lock in to a community. You got to lock into a community. Let me tell you why. Because in this model of preaching, um, sometimes I'll be preaching here a message that I preached somewhere else already. Like this morning, I preached at West Shore. If you came back tonight, surprise, same message, right? So what we want to do, because it's important too, we want you to lock into a community and, and, and stay there, meet people, join a small group out of that community, serve in that community, connect in that community. The reason why is because that's going to help you get the best consistency on teaching because what we're doing is we're actually saying, okay, this week is getting that mess or that service is getting that message and that community is getting that message and we've got to make sure to give them the other message the following week. Some of you work shift work. Some of you don't have a choice. Sometimes it's morning, sometimes it's night. That's okay. I just want you to know that that's how the preaching is going to work, okay? So this message that I'm preaching tonight, if you come next week to Sunday morning, surprise, you're going to hear it again. It's a great message. So if you love it, you can come back, okay? But the point being is that if you stay here, you'll hear a new message next week. Does that make sense? Okay? I never do this, but are you ready for this? Any questions? What's that? You can come more than once on a Sunday. Absolutely. Come to every service if you want. And you can tithe every service too if you want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you can. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. No, no. You're always welcome. And go where you need to go. But just understand that, that, that you may have to put up with a little bit of repetition. 
But, you know, it's still, a, a, you know, every community is beautiful. Every community is awesome. We do want to grow this, though, and you're important to helping us grow this, right? So this is a key, this is a key window for us, okay? So you may be saying, like, okay, how can you help? You can help by supporting these leaders. That's how you can help. You can help make this uh, the strongest season we've ever had by saying to Cindy, by saying to Kate, by, by saying to Jess, by saying to Bryn and Josh, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? We can make this thing super, super strong. And alongside of that, guys, some of you need to be jumping in with our college. Um, and it's really important that you know that like when we designed the college, we designed it with you in mind. And so Delmar, is that, that's Monday nights, right? That's where they need to come and connect with you is on Monday nights. Some of you, you're just, you're going, you're uh, working and you're kind of figuring out life. Man, you should jump in with college. It would be the best thing you could do. You'll grow so much. You'll learn so much. Delmar is actually a super smart dude. Did you guys know that? He's like really smart and he's got good answers to tough questions. He's a great guy to hang out with. So maybe you're wrestling a bit and you want to talk to somebody about what you're wrestling with theologically, right? Maybe you have big questions about God. Delmar is an amazing, Delmar, you should stand up and give us a wave. Like we know you. Yeah, yeah. But that's a great guy to connect with, okay? He's here to serve you and wants to, wants to help you find your way. So maybe college and uh, connecting with Delmar is the place that you want to go. But support these leaders. Pray for them right now. They're taking bold steps. I said to them, I'm like, guys, can we do this? And they're like, we can do it. So they'll feel better if you support them, right? This can be an incredible season because whenever we have change... Now things begin to shift. There's new spaces for you to occupy, new places for you to serve and be involved. So don't be a spectator. Get involved, okay? All right, so now I'm gonna start preaching. Are you ready for this? Say it again with me. We are the church. This is a great sermon series. I want to tell you that, you know, when I was young and I started in the ministry, I discovered a problem. And the problem is I would read my Bible and I would see these incredible exploits in the Bible. I would see these amazing people doing amazing things. And then I would go to my church and I would see that what's going on at my church as a kid growing up paled in comparison to what I was reading in the Bible. I think church is full of people with good intentions, but maybe they're just a little bit boring. Can I get an amen? Sometimes church people are boring. Sometimes church people are just disconnected. They don't know really what's going on. Can I get an amen? Sometimes church people are annoying. It's okay to say so. They are annoying. It happens, okay? They're annoying, but that's just kind of the way it goes. But when I read about Jesus, there is nothing about him that's safe. I mean, Jesus is out of the box. He's touching lepers. He's, he's befriending prostitutes. He's, he's enlisting tax collectors and saying, come and be on my team and let's do this. And some in church are just kind of narrow-minded. They're just, they can be judgmental. They can be hypocritical. And I met people like that. And I'm going like, that's not like what I see in the Bible. When I think about Jesus and, and, and the Jesus that I read about in the Bible, he loved those who hated him. That's crazy. That's bold. He prayed for those who abused him. He blessed those who persecuted him. He welcomed those that religion rejected. And I just think it's amazing. 
So I had this problem, because here I am. I'm a person who starts reading the Bible. I want to be a, 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 you know, a pastor. I want to work in church. And I'm like, church is not the same as what I see in the Bible. Fast forward in ministry, and I learned a lot and had a lot of good experiences, a lot of bad experiences. And it was about 10 years ago when God called me, 10 years ago this year, to be the lead pastor here at Coastline Church. And it was at that point where God dropped in my heart the capacity with our team to develop a very clear mission. And I want to share it with you. I, I hope this is somewhat familiar, but I want it to be something you understand. And that's that Coastline exists to help people take the next step in their spiritual journey by revealing the life-giving message of Jesus. I want you to really just look at that for a moment. Help people take the next step in their spiritual journey by revealing the life-giving message of Jesus. This has been a captivating mission for us over the last decade. And we've seen so many people's lives transformed. We've seen so many ministries started. We've seen greater impact than we ever could have dreamed of. God is not done yet, but we have a good story to tell. And this phrase, helping people take the next step in their spiritual journey by revealing the life-giving message of Jesus, this, this statement, this mission is our way of saying that we want to be a Jesus-honoring church. Can someone say amen? We want to be a Jesus-honoring church where everyone is welcome, where everybody is needed, and where, where everybody is encouraged to grow and to change with God taking next steps. Next steps, we use it because it's about movement. You understand, you don't grow if you don't move. You've got to take a next step. God's got a next step for you. And so we say this, move and help us move others. We do it together. It's beautiful. Everybody has a next step. Why don't you say that to the person that's beside you? Come on, tell them right now. Everybody's got a next step. Everybody's got a next step. And that means you. You. You got a next step. This series is based on who we are. We are the church. We are the church. And let's talk about this just a bit. I want to jump into Acts chapter 2. We're kind of in this point in time where it's after the resurrection of Jesus. He's defeated death. He's rose from the grave. He's commissioned his disciples to pray and to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit visits them. Peter gets up and preaches. And 3,000 people are saved. The church is born. And when the church is born, it was a big deal. It was massive. It was like a mega church from the very beginning. Like, wow, 3,000 people. Can you believe this? And what is it that the writer of Acts wanted you to know about what was going on right there? About this church that had just been born that was probably the most raw and real example of church in that very moment. And here's what he said. Luke uh, wrote the book of Acts. And in verse 42 of chapter 2, he starts by saying, they devoted themselves. Can you try that one on? Can you say devoted Come on, say it again, devoted. devoted. 
Devoted is a key word, one of the most important words in the New Testament, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And look at this last bit. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Daily. That means at least 365 a year. So they were multiplying. They were growing by 10% at least every single year. It was amazing. This is what happens when God does something miraculous. This is what happens when the church is born. This is what happens when lives are transformed. This is the church. So here's a problem. The problem is that what I saw growing up in church didn't look like that. What I saw growing up in church looked more like what I've written here, the modern day version of Acts chapter two. Are you ready for this? This is not in your Bible. This is sacrilegious. No, not really. But this is not in your Bible. But this would be, if it was written today about the modern church, this would be what it would say. Are you ready for this? They were devoted to their comfort, their happiness, their personal goals, their dreams and bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the believers were together. And when they were, they fought about stupid things. If they sold anything, they used the money to buy something else better for themselves. They claimed to love God, but they didn't even love each other. So they felt empty, alone, depressed. And as a result, most people disliked them and very few lives were changed. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, modern day version. Are you guys smelling what I'm stepping in? I mean, this, it took you a minute, didn't you? Yeah, this is not what God has in mind. This is not what God wants for his church. I believe that it's obvious that God has something better than this for our church. Unfortunately, in a lot of places, including your life, this is how it looks. And I think the challenge is out there because we're supposed to be the church. We're called to be the church with different results and a different mindset. And so I want to give you three mindsets for our church that come out of Acts chapter 2, okay? Three mindsets, and I'm going to use three we will statements in order to help you remember this, okay? Are you ready? Three things and three things only. If we're going to be the church, these are three mindsets that we need to be, that we need to embody as a church. Ready? We will be an intensely devoted church. There's the word. Intensely devoted church. I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Let's read that verse again from verse 42 of chapter 2. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's what they did. They devoted themselves to it. This is one of the most important words in all of the New Testament. It's the word that's translated devoted. And, it, and it, in Greek, it's proskaterio. Can you say that with me? Proskaterio. Come on, try it on. Proskaterio. Proskaterio. I want you to remember this word because this word has an incredible definition. I want you to just hear this definition. Proskaterio means to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit. 
Isn't that powerful? A constant state of relentless pursuit, persistent, ongoing, obstinate devotion. I've met a lot of obstinate people, but they're not necessarily always obstinate about devotion. I want you to see this. They devoted themselves, proskaterio, a constant state of relentless pursuit of what were these things, of the teaching, like the Bible, of, of, of serving one another, of, of living in community, like small groups, and, and praying. That's what they devoted themselves. Man, they devoted themselves to the church, proskaterio. You know, we all have proskaterio in our lives. It's just in different directions. That's the issue. We all have proskaterio. Sometimes it's our kids. We are, are, are devoted, relentlessly devoted to our kids. Sometimes we're relentlessly devoted to our career. Sometimes we're relentlessly devoted to our hobbies. Sometimes we're relentlessly devoted to our lifestyle, to our financial success, to our house, to our vacation. Sometimes we are proskaterio about getting Taylor Swift tickets. Come on, somebody. But the first Christians, man, they weren't casual at all about their faith. They weren't casual about it. They weren't comfort-oriented, cultural Christians who just happened to live in Canada and go to a nice church. They were full-on, all-in, sold out. They were fully devoted to Jesus and to his church. They were proscatario about the church. I want you to think about this. After today, you got 50 Sundays left in this year. I think those 50 Sundays are worth redeeming. Hey, I think those 50 Sundays, those 50 weeks are worth living, worth living full on, man. I want you to think about this. Imagine if you chose proscatario, relentless pursuit, obstinate devotion to reading God's word, to serving in church, to, to building in your, into your small group, into giving and to praying. Can you imagine what kind of person you would be? Can you imagine what kind of church, what kind of community this would be. Can you imagine that? Man, it would be powerful. And, and here's the thing. I'm not interested in uh, begging you. I'm not interested in forcing you. I'm not interested in coercing you or making you feel guilty so that you're like, okay, Andy, I'll read my Bible. I'll do it. I know you said, I know I should read my, I should pray. Oh man, I'm not very proscatario. You know what I want? As I want today for God to give you a vision. A vision. I want God to give you a vision where your heart burns and you yearn. You feel, you feel on fire. On fire for the things of God. That actually it is a spiritual moment for you. Not a physical one. But a spiritual moment where God gives you a vision for living this kind of life. Man, it'll change you, and it'll change our church. So yes, we'll be intensely devoted. We'll be a church that's intensely devoted. We'll also be a church that is irrationally generous. Yeah, you heard, you heard Bryn talk about that irrational generosity that kind of flows out of this place. But remember, in the early church, what we just read about, man, it says that they sold possessions, they gave away what they had, and anyone who was with them, who had need, they, they, were, they were fully um, uh, you know, looked after. And this is the result. It says this. 
And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. Man, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. Can you imagine that? Do you imagine what that would have been like? It's like people were suffering, people were alone. When this happened, all these people came to Jerusalem and the church was born and they all stayed because they have nowhere to go back to because God had changed them so radically. And yet all of them had their needs met. I want you to see that this is not the government meeting the needs. This is the church being the church. That's what you see here is the church being the church. And guys, I want you to know that that's our story. That's our history. God's grace has worked so powerfully in this place. And I'm so excited to share it with you. We have a history of generosity. We have a history of global work. We've given millions and millions of dollars over the hundred years of our history to see the work of God go forward, to bless and love those in need around our world. And we've met local needs for generations. The church does this kind of stuff. It's not the government that does it. It's the church that does it. The government is doing it now. Why? Because the church is not doing what it once used to do. But man, we have such a rich history of planting churches, of multiplying communities that meet needs. So I want you to just be encouraged about the church that you're a part of. Because I can give you an example of irrational generosity this last year in your church. You know, it was a high, the height of a, a financial slowdown. Everybody was feeling super scared and nervous and, you know, interest rates were rising and everyone's having to, to uh, pay more tax and, you know, groceries have never been more expensive. I remember trying to buy cauliflower, which I don't even really like. And it was like 10 bucks for a cauliflower. And I was like, there's at least nine reasons right there not to buy cauliflower, <laughs> right? Because like, but that's ridiculous. Cauliflower should not be 10 bucks. You know, if your parents are gonna make you eat it, it ought to be cheap, right? And I just remember, like, it's been a tough year, but I want you to know that as a church, Coastline Church, you gave more than ever before. More than ever before in your regular giving, more than ever before in your over and above giving. And, and, and you know what? I dreamed of a day, one day I, I said to Lisa, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if someday in our over and above giving, which is Kingdom Builders, if we were able to give a million dollars away? through Kingdom Builders, that we would have a million dollars to give away through Kingdom Builders. And I I need you to know, I need to get a new dream because in 2023, you gave a million dollars, over a million dollars to Kingdom Builders. What? Come on. Man, that's a lot of love flowing out of this house. That's, a, that's irrational generosity that's flowing out to global outreach and to local church expansion and to future Christian leaders. And, and man, I can't even begin to tell you all the places that money went, but I have a little bit of a list. Let me give you, let me give you some of the global places. It went to Brazil and to Thailand and to Myanmar and to India and to the Philippines and to Honduras and to Italy 
uh, into um, Egypt, into the Ukraine. Uh, remember the earthquakes in Turkey? You guys gave big, big, big to the earthquakes in Turkey. We gave money to Pakistan. We gave money to Uganda. And then when it comes to local work, man, we did so many things, serving with Welcome Wagon and food markets and the Cridge and with backpacks for kids back to school in Quadra Village and indigenous outreach. You gave over $10,000 to indigenous communities to bless them and to love them and to help them. We gave over 275 hampers out at Christmas. I'm just giving you a list, guys, because you did something amazing and it is irrationally generous. We will be an irrationally generous church. Some of you are wondering what happened with Heart for the House. We talked about Heart for the House. Heart for the House is a part of Kingdom Builders that does local church expansion. And it also is, does our like local projects. So like the daycare that uh, Bryn was talking about, we're just weeks away from opening. And I, I, we have never seen more than $300,000 come in for Heart for the House. This year, over $610,000 for that daycare to start. I'm just telling you, man, this is an irrationally generous church. Why? Because we are the church. And we will lead with irrational generosity. Why? Because we believe, we truly believe that it's better to give than to receive. Can someone say amen to that? It's better to give than to receive. So yes, we're going to be intensely devoted. We're going to be irrationally generous. And we're going to be irresistibly loving. How does that sound? We will be irresistibly loving. And I want you to know that I'm stopping with this one, okay? So if you're getting tired, don't worry. We're good. We're almost done. We will be an irresistibly loving church. You know why? Because love is our best testimony. When you come to this place, I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel loved when you come inside on a Sunday, that you feel welcome, that you feel that there's an invitation for you, that you can have a small group where you can belong, where you feel loved, where you receive care. And then on the outside, we're hoping that the world around us sees that we love them through Welcome Wagon, through ESL, through our mini markets, through our farm, where we're just providing fresh food for people, through what we're doing in the global work, and even through this daycare, that families would know that they are loved and cared about. Because love is our best testimony. Let me share with you a key. A key thought for the church is this, that love is on display in our unity. When we're together, Listen to what this verse says. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's unity. Together and in common. Together and in common. In the passage that I read to you, three times it uses the word together. It says they were together. They met together. They ate together. Because in a time of change, we got to understand, this is a time of change for nights, for coastline nights. And you know how we're going to honor God in this time? Together. By pulling together. By staying together, we're going to do it together. And man, you know, if love, if we're going to be irresistibly loving and loving is, and love is our best testimony, listen, we need to fall in love with his work through his church. We need to fall in love with his work through his church. And what does that look like? It means that we begin to say things like we're not spiritual consumers. We're not here tonight to consume. We're spiritual contributors. Do you see the difference? I'm not a consumer. I'm a contributor. The church does not exist for us. We actually are the church. 
It's not like the church is over there and I get something from the church. No, no. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are the church. Do you see the difference? We are the church. We are the church and we exist for the world. I didn't come here to get something. I come here because I am something. I'm the church. Guys, this is really good preaching. I'm just saying. You should really be thinking about that. The church is not a place we go. It's not a place we show up on Sunday night. We are the church. We are the church. And so we need to be the church. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. And so when we say this, when we know this, when we live this, love becomes our testimony because we're existing for others. And I want you to know, I believe that that love is utterly irresistible. It can't be resisted because our world is self-centered. And if we can be others-centered, we'll see the same result that the early church saw. And this is what they saw. And the Lord, this is uh, verse 247, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So what's the result of being irresistibly loving? It's next steps. It's growth. It's more. It's fruit. It's God doing something in someone's life that we get to celebrate. It's, it's the light coming on in faith for someone. It's powerful. So come on, guys. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. Let's be on mission in our world. Let's love people in an irresistible way. Let's be irrationally generous. And let's be the kind of people who are so deeply devoted, intensely devoted, that there is proskiterio moving in our lives toward God's goodness and his plan. I wanna pray with you tonight. Bow your head with me for just a moment. I want you to think about this. Some of you are saying, man, I want to make the most of those 50 weeks left in this year. I really do. It's the beginning of the year. I've got an opportunity in front of me. And some of you are going to be able to join me and lift up your hand and say, you know what? I choose to be devoted. I choose to be generous. I choose to be loving. And I'm going to do it with my words. I'm going to do it with my serving. I'm going to do it with my giving. I am going to practice my faith. I'm going, to, I'm going to shrink the gap between what the Bible teaches me the church was and who I've been to this point. Come on, if that's you, you're saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to choose with my community to proskiterio the church of Jesus Christ and serve with my heart. Come on, if that's in your heart today, would you lift your hand up with me and say, yeah, I choose this kind of devotion. I choose it. I choose it. Okay, God, here I am. See my hand. I choose it with my words, with my serving. Let's put our hands down for just a minute. I'm going to keep praying because I, I just think there are people here today and you've come and you've come with doubts. You've come with fear. You've come tonight with brokenness and sin. And I just want to invite you to come to Jesus. Because Jesus loves you so passionately. His love is actually an irresistible kind of love. He loved you so much that he paid an ultimate price of his own life. He defeated death so that you could have victory in your life. To me, that's an amazing, amazing thing. It's a safe place to believe and belong. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Now, maybe you've tried a whole lot of things, but have you tried Jesus? Have you really given your life to Jesus? 
Because I want you to know he is the difference maker you've been looking for. He is the new life that you so desperately need. Man, you can search everywhere. And I'm telling you, what you need is Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to him. Give him your life. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of your heart. And it's a unique door because the handle is on the inside. And he knocks and he says, if you'll open up your life to me, I will come in. So Jesus is ready to join you. He's ready to take away your brokenness. He's ready to heal your sin. He's ready to steal your fear and give you faith and hope. Turn to Jesus. It's that simple. You can simply just say, you can say it right now. God, forgive me of my past. Take away my sin and my brokenness. Lord, I give you my life. I'm coming to you. And if you're knocking, I'm opening the door. And I'm choosing you as my resting place. You, Jesus, as my safe place. You are the place where I believe and I belong. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'm just... I. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I think it's more than that. I think I'm a person of faith. And I believe that 2024 is our time to shine. It's our time. It's your moment. It's a new day. It's a new year. 50 weeks ahead. Come on, guys. Let's do this. Let's be the church. Would you stand to your feet? And I want to read you a really cool verse to close. Man, it's, this is a proscatario kind of result, okay? When we are devoted... I just love this verse in Ephesians 3. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, that's us, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. It doesn't end. Amen. Amen. Amen.